Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. And this episode is brought to you by no promotion whatsoever. Not something I'm doing right now. Don't feel called to. I have nothing to promote apart from Mr. Alex Manzi, who was on my podcast this week. And it's a phenomenal conversation. Loved every minute of it. About two years ago, I first got wind of Alex and his podcast called In The Moment with Alex Manzi. I think it was voted one of the top five wellness podcasts uh, in this country. And I've connected to his journey. I think he's been on a an incredible one. He's battled with depression and anxiety and he's brought about his own search for clarity and understanding. He's released a book called The Search for Clarity, A Journey to Understanding Happiness, which takes a kind, clear and very wise approach to uncovering the simple truths around our seemingly contradictory pursuit of happiness. Certainly in America, but this country, we do feel like happiness is something that we need to get to. It seems to be like a destination that we need to find, that we need to need to attain but in fact it's with you and it is nowhere external apart from yourself we do we do talk about this in the podcast so i won't go on about it too much but we have a bit of a disconnect around happiness and what it actually means i do prefer the word contentment happiness everyone knows what that means and uh although it's it's a bit transitory i think we all know when we experience moments of happiness and I think understanding it is really important, right? And Alex definitely has a good perspective and some good, clear ideas about how we can live and integrate more happiness into our lives. He takes a very Eastern approach into his thinking, which I think is very key and very important in this day and age. He talks a lot about ownership and taking ownership of our time and our own thoughts and one very important concept, how learning how to love yourself. So he delves into that quite somewhat in the book. He's a mindset coach and now author. And I believe like one fundamental thing he's doing is really empowering other people to take the ownership and responsibility of their own lives and know that every person out there has all they need to really get through this life and find some fulfillment and meaning which is sad to say lacking in this western world and this culture that we live in i think a lot of people out there are struggling to to know their place to find their place to really feel valued and feel like they make a difference and alex alex is one person who's who's you know asking those questions and and finding some answers and sharing them with lots of people so it's awesome jack you should definitely check out his podcast and one big key theme which I'd like to go into into this intro uh, we talk about stillness and yet yeah, I think it's a massive massive thing but yet very small in this current space that we all are existing in and we delve into stillness and its importance in our lives talking about how to cultivate more of it and how we can begin to integrate some of that stillness into the things we do and it really sparked something in me which I've delved back into uh, is a book I picked up a couple of years ago called The Art of Stillness and something about going nowhere going nowhere was definitely the key the key uh, title point so it was from Pico Aya and even though I'm not going to tell you the the full title I'm going to tell you a quote from Pico himself 
which is super, super cool. And as I like to in these intros, just talk about something a bit different and a bit uh, a bit aside from the actual podcast itself. Not to do Alex any disservice, but I'm using it as an opportunity to talk about something different to what we talked about in the podcast. So Pico says, with machines coming to seem part of our nervous systems while increasing their speed every season we've lost our sundays our weekends our nights off our holy days which if you didn't know that is where holidays come from the holy day as some would have it our bosses junk mailers and parents can find us wherever we are at any time day or night more and more of us feel like emergency room physicians permanently on call required to heal ourselves but unable to find the prescription for all the clutter on our desk and he really gets into this art of stillness and this whole concept of being still and sitting with yourself i mean you could call this meditation but meditation is is also something that you can do with action and stillness is something you can do with action. We talk about this in the actual podcast about meditation and the kind of misconception around it and that you are literally doing nothing. Well, that's not actually possible, is it? You could never do nothing, but there are certain techniques and and ways of being that you can actually create a condition where it can serve you. And stillness is a word we choose to to define one of these conditions. So Pico talks about being still and it allows you to understand what moves you the most. You know, it can it can allow you to recall where your happiness lies and wise beings. So Mr. Ayer talks about this art of stillness and how it allows you to really uncover what moves you the most, what brings about your truest happiness and where that lies and he talks about a lot you know this this understanding of of technology and how on demand our lives are and that we have more time saving devices but less time and we work less than people did 50 years ago but it feels like we work more and we connect with people across the globe but we have little connection to ourselves so he really unpacks this and he thinks stillness is the answer. And I certainly connect with that, having practiced meditation for for a few years and, and also yoga, which in itself is its own meditation and its own practice of getting more still and seeing what comes up. And a big tool that Alex has used in his in his journey has been meditation. And it's not really a, a conversation anymore, um, whether it's whether it's helpful, like meditation has been literally proved by science empirically uh, and shown that this stillness and sitting with yourself leads to overall better health and even emotional intelligence. So as Pico talks about uh, and this creating this stillness and creating this kind of room where we can really observe, you see this in music, you, you know, before the before the drop, there'll be a moment where you're waiting and it's like a silence before that next rhythm or that next key. And without that stillness, you just you just wouldn't feel how you feel for the next part that's about to come. I'm reading a book when there's that empty bit 
before uh, the next page there's an there's an empty section and it allows you just that that moment to digest what you've just read even in speeches you think about the most powerful people that talk and give speeches out there they give that moment before they say the next word and without that stillness without that gap in their in their words it wouldn't be as powerful would it um, so yeah, this this so stillness is is key. Basically, what I'm trying to say, and Alex and I talk about it in the podcast, in his book more so, and how you can integrate this into our lives. And I think that integration thing is a is a massive, massive important concept because you can go out on a holiday and feel absolute bliss. You can create that stillness and be at one in certain environments but it's that integration of how you you come back from your holiday holy day and integrate it into your lives i think this this pandemic and over these last few months if it hasn't taught us anything it's it's definitely taught us to slow down but as we go back through to uh brackets normality i think it's important to look at how we're going to integrate that stillness that i think a lot of us have benefited from over this time but also looking at it in a, in a good way like as i've said before on, on the podcast like it is our perspective that shapes it how are you going to create the story around this are you going to rise and look at this as an opportunity to grow and integrate or are you going to look at it like the victim and this is happening to me not for me anyway i think i've uh, gone on a bit of a tangent there but but i believe you could you could find some nuggets in there i want to begin the podcast to share a bit from alex's book and we get into this in the podcast. So he talks about freedom. And freedom is freeing yourself from worries, from regrets, from the stories you tell yourself, from the constructs of society, from your own identity. And by that, I mean the ideas you have about the person you are. When you live with freedom, all of this falls away. None of it matters because you are deeply connected to the present moment. And when you experience these moments, you feel the freedom beautiful he has an amazing concept of freedom and a, and a, and a great delivery of how uh, how it can be how it can be seen and, and and looked at so i do thank you alex and appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast once again thanks and i hope you enjoy give me a share on social media it all helps spread the good conversations so you've written a book first of all that's pretty yeah. big yeah man it is it's um yeah how does that it feels, feel it feels good it feels really good it's um i've wanted to, to put it together for a while and i just procrastinated on it for ages to be honest so lockdown gave me the perfect excuse to just get on with it yeah for sure. That's nice. It's good. A lot of good things have come out of that for sure. Um, so yeah, I've connected with your mission for a few years, actually. Yeah. I can't remember even the first time I, I got wind of your podcast, um, but I did. And then it was like the traveling aspect of things that you throw in and all your in-focus moments, mm. those little short snippets where you just dive straight in really, really helped 
for sure. Um, and yeah, you're doing some important work, mate. And I love it. That's what I connect to mostly. Like your intention just seems to be in the right place. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the conversation really. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're doing lots of coaching now. Your podcast obviously has been going for about three years. Uh, you've written a book. Yeah. Um, and you're, I, I feel like you're, the, the main thing you're doing is you're empowering other people to kind of take ownership and responsibility of kind of their own thoughts and actions mm. through things that you've learned for your own journey. Um, and obviously how to live more in the moment, which is uh, fundamental really. And yes. I think for me, discovering that, understanding a lot of these kind of Eastern traditions and ways of life and wisdom, I think living in the moment just makes so much sense, doesn't it? It just, it just does. And when you, when you kind of unlock that and, and you make sense of it, yeah, you just find a different meaning to life mm. as, as I'm, I'm sure we can go into. Um, so yeah, your, your book. Um, so for me, I've, I mean, I've, I've read it. Thanks for sending it over. Mm. So the search for clarity and a journey to understanding happiness. Yes. In yeah. a nutshell. Yes. <laughs> In a nutshell. Mate, reading it, it was so, it flowed so well. It felt yeah. like I could pin up any page on a wall in my house and like stare at it for a, and gain things from it every day. Mm. So yeah. it reminded me of a, I remember receiving an email once and it said, sorry, this is email is so long. I didn't have time to make it shorter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. cause, it, Cause it's 90 pages and you don't, you don't overflow with information. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's like so digestible, but it's raw and real at the same time. Mm. But you, I mean, the clarity aspect of it, is, is incredible because it's clear in itself and there's nothing that's really complex and it's so simple to digest. Um, I think that's one of the main things about the book that makes it so, so tangible and just so kind of easy to just pick up and, and gain wisdom from, you know? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you're saying like how it, how it kind of flows and it doesn't feel like too, too like drawn out because I think like when I write, even when I read, like if someone's waffling around the same thing, but without saying anything additional, it, I get like frustrated by it. So like when I write, it just comes out as if I'm talking to someone. Like I kind of don't really have a, a writing process. I just write as if I'm having a conversation with myself and how, how that comes out. And I think mean, why that comes across well, maybe when you read it is because I'm not trying to, you know, sell a big idea or be like hey like sure. you know if this 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 and it's just like well this is the point i'm trying to make and i'm going to try and make it as simple as possible because i'm not someone who can understand complex theories and ideas and understandings like i need to, i need it to be fairly simplistic for me to be able to understand it so i think i present that in that way as well and it's not like i mean i guess it probably is intentional thinking about it but i don't sit down and think right how can i make this really simple i just as if we're having this conversation now i just type it up as I'm thinking about it and see what kind of comes out and then read over it. And if it makes sense, I'm like, yeah, cool. So it's like, yeah, piecing it all together was interesting because it was all written at different points because mm -hmm. it's the book's kind of made up of different writings and blog posts and weekly emails and stuff that I just have. And it's like scattered all over the place. And I've probably got over like a hundred pieces of writing on my laptop. So I kind of, decided when I wanted to write the book I wanted to actually funnily enough you mentioned in, in focus sessions with the podcast I wanted it to be like an in focus session book and like just have all of like the best 
um, learnings of the Enfocus sessions. But then as I started to look at the blog posts and other stuff, I was like, actually, there's more. There's more to this than I originally thought. Like I could make it into something different. And it was just this theme. And I think it's probably where I'm at in my life in terms of like trying to live with more clarity, trying to experience more happiness. So I think that theme just naturally came through when I was pulling together the articles that and the pieces of writing and, and the, you know, the thoughts and all this stuff that I was, you know, pulling from, it all kind of just came together in that format. And then when I kind of looked at it and tried to like almost structure it in an unstructured way, if that makes any sense, I wanted it because I wanted it to flow. Like there's no point just saying, here's this, here's this. I wanted there to be a flow to it. So when I kind of really sat down and looked at all the bits of writing, I was like, okay, where are the themes? Okay. So this originally there was three themes. I was like, okay, so we've got three really strong themes here. There's one bit about understanding, which is about understanding happiness, understanding the meaning of life, what you ever want to call it. Uh, the third one is like the mind and trying to figure out how the mind works in relation with our thinking, with our feeling and all of these emotions and everything. And then the third bit was self-love and why that's such an important thing for us to learn to love ourselves. But then as I continue to um, like look at past uh, writings and stuff, I came across some other like bits and I was like, oh, actually, this is really good. Like I want to put this in, but it didn't fit into the three categories. So I took another look and I was like, actually, do you know what? There's a fourth category and it's about the freedom of life and living in that freedom. So like the, f the final few bits of writing kind of fit perfectly into that section. Cause I was, I was sort of like shoehorning one into the hat, the understanding bit, shoehorning another into the mind bit, but it didn't fit. So when I looked at it again, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, there's four sections here, which are really like clear. And that kind of created the, the structure in terms of like the way that it flows, which is quite, in, quite an interesting process in itself, to be honest. Yeah, for sure, mate. Freedom. And when you went into that, I think that was the biggest learning for me when I read it and how you kind of framed freedom. I don't know if you've got other people that have mentioned that because I've not heard it in that way before. Mm. And it was awesome. I was quite surprised. I guess surprised that I hadn't because it seems so, it seems so, um, so, so, so kind of um, right to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. okay, before this, let's, we could touch on that a little bit later. Let's just take it back a step and go into kind of like, because you're very raw and real in the book at the start. And you're saying mm. that the reason this whole journey began um, is because you suffer with depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And there is one point in the book uh, that you say you hated your life, you hated your life. And that's mm -hmm. such a strong word, isn't it? Um, let's talk, could we talk about that a little bit? Cause that's kind of like at the, at the start, what about five, six years ago, was it? Yeah, probably coming up to seven years now when I, well, when I had the realization anyway, and I think yeah. like the, the, it sounds really strong when you say I hated my life, but like, it was true. Like I was so miserable inside that I wasn't enjoying many aspects of my life and I hated it because on the outside it's like cool everything looks great at the time I had a, an amazing job in advertising I had a great girlfriend like um I was earning good money I had like my own cars on the way to buying my own place was able to go on nice holidays like all of this stuff which is like tick 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 but I was miserable with it and I hated the fact that I was miserable having all of this stuff which was supposed to make me feel good and you get to a point in life where for me, it was like, I hated it so much that I didn't want to be alive at times. Like, I genuinely thought it'd be, I'd just be better off not being here. Like that'd be, it'd just be easier. That's the easy way out. That, that was the thought process. Like that's the easy way out. Just not being here. Like it just, 
why would I, why go through all this struggle and all this hate for myself when I could just not be here? Um, and I think I, I was in a place where, although I was having those deep, those thoughts and feelings, I was never really, um, going to be someone who actioned it in terms of like attempting to take my own life. And I can fully understand how that does occur and how people get into that situation. It's a very lonely place. But for me, it was never an option because I don't, I felt like I had too much. There was still something that I was holding on to, to want to be here. And I think you get to a point in life where you either want to, you either want to end it or you want to change it. And there were the two, they're kind of the two options when you're in that dark place where you're, you're faced with. So for me, the ending it wasn't an option because I just knew that I couldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't like, didn't, didn't feel like that was the way out. So the change was the other option. Um, and that, that only came after I had this moment of like realization, like a breakthrough moment with my ex-girlfriend where I kind of like broke down in front of her and kind of admitted out loud for the first time to someone else, but also to myself that I wasn't feeling, you know, how I wanted to feel, how I knew that I w could feel. I wasn't feeling myself was all I could say in, in that moment. And that's when I kind of like, from there it was like okay right i need to i need to do something to change like i can't if i carry on like this it's not going to be good like something has to change mm -hmm. and that becomes the self-awareness start doesn't it like the, mm. the the kind of evaluation of right these are my thoughts these are my thought patterns and these are my actions and i'm not really doing anything about it so that awareness kind of grows and then what what tools i think one of the questions i had to ask you was at what moment did you find obviously the motivation was there because you don't want to mm. feel this way i want to feel better like i know i can feel better so what kind of what's so so you got that as motivation but then what kind of sparked it kind of your inspiration what was mm. thing what was the what were the things that immediately you were like right i know i need to do this and I know you talk about the 1% thing and that's phenomenal and we should go into that. But was that, was that early on in the stage or was that something you later picked up? No, the, the, the 1% thing I think came later. I think for me, it was like, okay, it, it was kind of like when I had this moment, it was like, I can't really explain it. It's, it's like just before I like broke down and, and like literally burst into tears in front of my, my ex-girlfriend, I had this moment where... It was, the only way I can describe it is like in a movie scene where like everything freezes and you're just sat there and then all of a sudden like the camera like zooms way out and it pans upwards and you're just looking almost at your life mm. and being like this isn't the way like this isn't the way like this is this is what's happening like this is not the way anymore and then it's like bang you're back in that moment and you're like okay like wow and that's when that's the exact moment I had the breakdown. And then you kind of like go on this journey. For me, it was like, what, what, what do I need to do? Like, what's like, what's the, what's the, you know, you start to look at the steps, like what's the process? Like, how do I, how do I get out of this? What do I need to do? And for me, it was about, first of all, trying to understand like what it was I was feeling and, you know, being a guy growing up, you're not really in tune with that. So that was like, the first part was trying to understand my emotions and my feelings without having ever done that before, which was very difficult. And then it was about, I guess, like what are the things I can do to kind of 
try and fill my brain and my mind and my life with as many positive things as possible. So that would be like reading um, like inspirational books or like listening to inspirational podcasts. I was just trying to fill my life with like inspiration, like be it doing more exercise, be it, you know, whatever. It was just like fill, fill my mind, fill my life with, with things that inspire me and then see what can come from that space. So it was, a, it was, it was more of a like trying to attract for want of a better word, like the positive yeah, yeah. and, and try and let it flush out the negative, if that makes sense. Yeah. And do more of the things that you know you like to do. Exactly that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and that shift, I mean, did, did you always know there was kind of light at the end of the tunnel? Cause that's something for me to be fair, that I, in any given situation, I've always seen this, this kind of light almost mm. as the, like something to, to, to look forward to almost like, I know it can be better. Mm. Was that a similar thing going on? Yeah. Um, I think that's the initial reaction, isn't it? Is you want to, you want to seek the, the the light at the end of the tunnel you want to seek the the positivity you want to seek the pleasure in feeling good you want to seek you know whatever the end is of the bad feelings you want to you want to be there you want to feel it you want to get there but then i think that's also a dangerous place to slip into because then you're forever trying to seek more and you're never grateful of where you are and what you're doing and the moment you're living because you're continually trying to push for something more you've got this like you know um addiction almost to like wanting more needing more like i want to i want that because it's going to make me feel this way i want to do this thing because it's going to make me feel like that i should do this because i know that i'm going to get this feeling and i think for me that's where like the anxiety started coming in because i've gone from like one end of the spectrum of like just being in this dark hole to like constantly trying to strive for more and better and constantly my brain being so active and worrying about not having all of the more 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 that you then put yourself in a different space of like feeling like a constant like like you're constantly under threat (laughs) if that makes sense and it's like it's a totally different headspace but it's part of it's all from what i understand of what what i've experienced is all part of the same spectrum because you're just you've just shifted your focus onto instead of like holding on to all these feelings and like pushing them down and trying to bury them and keep them away. You're letting them out, but you're trying to like get more and more and more. And it, it, it spins you out in a different way. Yeah. There's that balance of striving for more, but being grateful for what you've got. And mm. I feel like from what I've, from the book, the realization that the entire realization was being content with what I've got. And that helps mm. me get more. Like mm. the quote that you that you put in the book from Oprah, mm. what was it? Be thankful for what you've got, and and you will end up having more. Yeah, it's um, if you're always, oh, I can't remember exactly if Tom made it. If if you're always if you're always seeking more, you'll never um appreciate what you've got. If you appreciate what you've got, you'll always end up with more. Something like that. I probably butchered that, but <laughs> it's along those lines anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I've I've come to that realization a few times. I think I first heard about this kind of expectations and goalposts moving when you get there thing on, um, do you know, Aubrey Marcus and his his podcast for sure. Um, So he talked about it once and he was like, well, 
I try not to have goals. I, I have a mission. Like mm. goals, goals change. You know, you want to bench press a hundred hundred kilograms and you get it, and then you feel different, and you then you feel different to what you thought when you got there. So then you're disappointed. Yet you've achieved this goal, and often the goalposts are always going to move because you're always you're you're that type of person to want to to develop yourself and be better. Mm. So it's, it's it's you talk about a lot and and, and never having enough. Yeah, and that's it. It's like you know, you you just yeah. The, the gym example is a great one because it's yeah. You 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 reach the you know bench in 100 kg, and then you're like, okay, how can I now bench 150? You're not you're not ever stopping and being like, wow, I did that. Wow, like this is great. I can't I can't believe I did it. This is amazing. Or looking back and being like, I remember when I couldn't even bench 40 kg. Like, can't believe I just bent. Like, you don't even you, you maybe have that for a moment. But then you're constantly like, okay, how can I do more? How can I push, like, bench more? How can I, you know, whatever? And it's just like you, you can't go through life like that all the time because you you're just living in a in a in a space in your mind that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people struggle with that balance of of being grateful, being content, but then wanting to be better. And it's like it's it's, it's a funny space to be in. What, what would you advise be to someone who does struggle with that? Even that's for, just for me, because <laughs> it's like I started a gratitude practice, mm. and and I'm focusing on the things that I'm grateful for, but then it's it's wanting to be to improve on these things and, and be better and attain attain I don't know um, new wisdom so I can be of service more things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So that space of like balancing the two really. Yeah, I think I think it's the modern day conundrum isn't it yeah exactly it's exactly it and i think like even today i i I was having a bit of a realization where like you know i was mentioning before that i've been in a bit of a funk today and it's because i'm always trying to attack every day at level 10 but it's like you're not going to be at level 10 every day some days you're going to be at level six so have a level six day sometimes have a level four day a level two day like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like the only thing that matters is that you a show the gratitude for where you are how far you've come and what you're doing and then b which ties into the one percent rule is like what's the one little thing the littlest thing possible that is going to inch you that little bit further forward it's like the um oh what's the film now the al pacino film the american football one where he he does that big inspiring speech about like inch by inch in the Um, the changing rooms he's the coach yeah yeah, it's yeah. that it's it that's the one percent rule in 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 an amazing story because it's yeah. like all they have to do in that situation as an american football team is fight for every inch on that pitch push that team further back inch by inch by inch you don't have to worry about trying to push them back 50 yards push them back an inch and then try and get the next inch and then the next inch and that's all the one percent rule is it's like bring bring that that energy every day to like okay, cool. Even if I'm having a a level 10 day, like what's the 1% that is going to better myself where I'm, where I'm, where I started the day to the end of the day. And if you do that every day consistently over a year, that's a lot of 1%. Like it's, you know, you, it doesn't work out mathematically to 365% better because there's all sorts of stuff, but we'll use that because it's easier to to digest. And it's what I said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the maths. But that's, but that's, that's, you know, that's the whole principle of it. It's just like, yeah. What was the guy's name? P P 
you talked about it in a podcast. Um, it, what was his name? Something I can't remember. But he, he had that. He had a farm, and he noticed all these. Oh, um, Pareto. 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 Yeah, there you go. It's it's called Pareto's law. Eighty the eighty twenty laws. Pareto's law, where he uh-huh. noticed that the something to do with the peas in the pod. I can't remember exactly the the full story, but he noticed that twenty percent of his plants were producing eighty percent of his um product or of his produce and then he really thought oh that's a bit interesting and it's that it's that idea that like the small little wins add up in the long term and you know the example i use in the book is is like two trees side by side or two plants side by side if one plant one day gets like one percent more sunshine it can take in that little bit more nutrients it can um grow that little bit more then the next day it has that slight advantage over the other tree and it, it can get a little bit more growth, a little bit more nutrients, a little bit more energy from the sun. So then it grows even more. And it's like, it's the comparison of like one, one plant stays where it is because it hasn't got that 1% growth every day, but the other one gets the, the 1% growth every day and inevitably starts to crowd out the other plant. And it's like, if you look at your, your life where it is now being the, the plant that doesn't grow, if you don't do anything, you don't, you don't try and increase anything or improve by 1%, you're going to stay exactly how it is. But if you just focus on 1% every day, which isn't overwhelming at all, it's not overwhelming at all. It's like if you did, let's think of an example, um, 10 press-ups a day every every day. (laughs) Yeah, 10 press-ups a day every day for a year. By the end of the year, you'd have done 3,650 press-ups, which is 3,650 press-ups if you did more than if you did no press-ups a day every day so it's like 10 press-ups a day is so achievable but if you did it every day consistently some days you might do five but you're still pushing you're still and that's that's what the one percent rule is about and it's about applying everything that i've learned using that simple principle of like you don't have to go from level one to level 10 in a day you can go from level one to level 1.2 and it doesn't matter that's still and some days you might stay at level one and that's also fine. But over time, that consistency, that, that, that those little one percents, they add up, they add so much value in the long term. And we always look for the short term, like where's the spike, where's the peak, where's the, um, where's the big growth, where's my massive breakthrough. You don't need to have a breakthrough every day. <laughs> you, know, you might only have like two breakthroughs in your life, Absolutely. but those little, those little one percents are what adds so much value to your life more than the breakthroughs yeah i mean i'm not concentrating on the negatives here but you could see it the other way as well that one percent of something that doesn't really align with me oh it's only one percent of the day i might compromise on something oh, yeah. i'll just have not you know just have six hours sleep tonight and do that and you think it's nothing it can add up if you go for the whole year with that it's not going to serve you is it exactly exactly and it's like if something if something comes and ruins your day for five minutes yeah like how many more minutes are there in the day why are you going to let that one little five minute moment ruin your whole day like it's just it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. yeah sure um you shared something on your podcast the other day i think it might even be today a story though that you uh talked about and it reminded me it was like the backpacker one in the hiker mm-hmm. and, and being, being present essentially but it reminded me of a story it came straight to my mind have you read the alchemist yeah 
Yeah. You would have. You probably got three coffers, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just got the Kindle one. <laughs> I actually need to get the physical one, to be fair. It's a good reminder. Yeah, I've got two. I'll send it to um, So, yeah, it reminded me of a story in that, and it was a parable about, um, uh, let's call him the seeker, goes to find this, uh, that the, the true happiness of life. And he goes up to, he tra- travels for over-exaggeration, but it's literally in the book, 40 days into the desert, finds this castle and then the sage is there he's waiting in line to see this see this um, amazing wise man and then he finally sees him he says oh i haven't got time to tell you the answer to them the, you know what the ultimate happiness but i want you to go around the castle admire every room in the house look at all these amazing artifacts in the gardens make sure you do this um oh but hold the spoon and he gives two drops of oil on the spoon so the guy goes out and looks around the uh, looks around the castle comes back and then uh, the sage is like so did you see the you see the see the castles and he was oh no i was too concentrated on looking at the spoon but i've got the the oil drops here he goes all right go around again have a look you know don't 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 forget this don't forget that comes back and he's like, oh, wow, there's so much, so much in this place. It's beautiful. It's just, um, it's just amazing, every part of it. And he's like, oh, what about the oil drops in the, on the spoon? He's like, oh, well, forgot about them, obviously. They're not there anymore. And it's like that, that bit of wisdom is like, wow, the, the meaning of happy, true happiness is look around at the wonders of the world, but don't forget the drops of your spoon. Mm, yeah. That's it. That's it. That is, yeah, that is it. And it's like, it's, it's, it is different. Um, but it's basically saying to me, I feel that's like, don't forget the important things. Don't forget Mm. your family. Don't forget your friends. Don't forget the things close by marvel at everything. Yeah. And don't forget what, 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 what makes you, you, what, what, you know, the, the values that are your, your core values, like don't forget those, like you, you know, you carry those with you and you can still appreciate the life in front of you. Even if, you know, you, you've got these, even your goals, your dreams, don't forget those. Like it's good to have those, but don't get so obsessed in what they represent to you. Um, and it's, it's funny because that, even that reminds me of another story because this is turning into story time of, um, it's a parable of, of, of a fisherman and a businessman and the fisherman um, is sat on the beach in his boat and he's, he's out there, he's catching fish for the day so he can, you know, go and feed his family. And the other guy comes and joins him. The businessman sits there and he's fishing with him and they're chatting and they're catching fish. And the businessman goes, hey man, you know, like, if you, you know, caught more fish, you could go and sell these in the market and make more money for yourself. And the fisherman goes, well, why would I want to do that? And the businessman goes, well, if you make more money, then you can, you know, feed your family with it. You can employ other people and he goes well, why would i want to do that well if you employ other people and you're making more money you can buy a nice house so why would i want to do that well if you if you've got a nice house and you buy you get even more people and you you increase the business and we we set up shops in different towns and villages then you know you can have more time for yourself and the fisherman goes well why would i want to do that and a businessman goes well then you could spend all day fishing on the beach and then he stops and he, he looks around and he goes yeah i guess this isn't so bad after all yeah <laughs> yeah it's amazing and it's like you get lost in that in the story the narrative the mm. status quo the the modern day and we're really just trying to all get to the same point 
we're really trying to figure it all out and get get to the same point and, and if you don't reevaluate and bring on more self-awareness of what you truly want you're actually probably striving for the same thing as as this guy but you're doing it in totally different ways exactly and it's like we we're all striving for the same point and we all experience that same point in the same way assuming that that point is being happy in life like the happiness that yeah that i feel isn't different different from the happiness that you feel we experience it in different ways but it doesn't make the happiness any different and i think when you when you turn your your um your perspective and your view inwards instead of looking for the more 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 you actually find that you know happiness is always a lot closer to home than what you think isn't out there you know somewhere else that you have to go and get it and find it and grab it with two hands and hold on to it it's it comes from in in you and and the way that you experience and the perspective you have on life and the gratitude that you show and how 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 much love and compassion you bring it bring into to every moment like that's that's where the happiness comes from it doesn't come from you know if i can earn 100 grand a year or if i had that ferrari or if i could go on a five-star all-inclusive holiday in the the Maldives or whatever yeah I always feel that happiness is more of a byproduct of living a, a purposeful meaningful life in, in your present with it you know mm. um I think it was a I think it was Russell Brand in his book when he talked about happiness he said happiness is actually like an erection the more you think about it the more it goes away yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's laughs> I kind of connected to that I was like yeah I don't resonate so much with the word happiness. It's more like contentment. Yeah. Some more gratitude. Um, um, I, and also I want to mention, I think it was Joe Dispenza who talked about his overall mission in life was to show people that, and you talk about this is to, um, for people to realize that happiness can't be found outside of yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And I think that there's a quote in the book that's um, it's the, the, the truth. Oh, it's saying like the truth to experiencing happiness is no longer trying to seek happiness, something like that. Um, and it's that when you stop that, you know, like the Russell Brand example, when you stop thinking about it or trying to trying to reach it or trying to get it, you actually realize that you experience more of it because it's always been there in the first place yeah remove the things that are blocking it yeah. yeah that's that quote about love when it says don't go looking for love just remove everything that's blocking it it's everywhere it's, exactly it's it's within you right right now right in this moment that's it um i'd like to ask you a question actually about your friends and family Mm -hmm. if you want to go into that and how, and how much of a kind of support you had, but, but also more than anything that you, you've definitely changed a lot in these seven years, but was there, was there a point where you, you struggled to kind of go that next step? Cause you felt like you're going to kind of move away from certain friends. Mm -hmm. And how did you kind of deal with that? Cause I think that's a big thing in, in people who want to like, change themselves and self-actualize and and go down this path of like self-development and, and you will change and but but often people don't because it's like the drinking culture i think a lot of people wouldn't drink if it wasn't for the relationships they have with that mm. substance yeah yeah i think the, the best way to kind of look at it is like 
if if you if you could trust and you knew that your growth is going to bring better things for you are you going to have a fear of letting go of the things which might not be good for you probably not because you would know that better things are coming and i think for me i always struggled with the kind of not i wouldn't say the relationship with my friends and family but but more like my relationship with their expectations if that makes sense of how i should be or how you know the person that i am and i think as time's gone on and i've become more comfortable with my own journey and where i'm at and who i am as a person you naturally create a stronger sense for yourself which then creates either an understanding from people or not and you begin to experience maybe new friendships and you realize that actually these these friendships click in an instant and sometimes that means that you know you might not necessarily cut off like people from your past but it just means that you might end up spending less time with them you know and that's fine it's like it's like a relationship you you might meet someone and be really into them and the first five years of a relationship is amazing but then by year seven eight and nine you're beginning to distance yourselves because you've grown you know apart how many people break up from a relationship because they've grown apart from their partner like it's a normal part of life it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't stay in a job for 15 years if after the third year you were like "Mm, i'm not really enjoying this You'd, you'd you'd go and seek something else that you know you you might enjoy more you might be able to bring more enjoyment to and it's the same with anything else in life and you know sometimes it's harder with relationships because there's so many deep emotional connections and there's a there's a story that you have and a history and memories and all this but if you if you removed all of that stuff i when you live fully presently and in the moment you you don't bring any of that stuff with you you just experience what you're experiencing in the moment and none of those things matter because it's just they've been, they've gone and that's fine. So it might mean that you, you start to distance yourself from friends. And it's definitely happened in my life where like some of my friends who maybe five, six years ago, we were like super close. We'd probably go and do something most weekends or, you know, there'd be stuff like constant chats in WhatsApp groups or whatever. And you just, it just, you know, peters out and it's, it's fine. It's a process of life, you know, again, if you're not if you're not always stepping forward you're just staying put where you are and if 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 that the growth isn't happening because you're staying where you are then you have to ask yourself what's keeping me where i am to stop me experiencing the growth mm-hmm. yeah i don't actually think there's any staying where you are i think you're mm-hmm. moving backwards or going forwards <laughs> that's it and, and and the other thing is you know when it comes to like you know, I guess the purpose of the book in terms of like living with clarity and happiness mm-hmm. through that clarity, you, you understand the things that maybe don't sit so easy with you. And yes, we've spoken a lot about appreciating what you have and being grateful. You can't be grateful for a, 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 a bad friendship or a bad relationship because it's not good for you. So you create the space in yourself to understand that, okay, maybe this isn't the thing for me. Maybe I need more of that space more of that room for growth for myself and something else will come along like I, i've been single for seven years doesn't mean my past seven years has been a disaster because i haven't had a partner <laughs> do you know what i mean it's that's it's that's not the way it is like i've recently met someone that, that i've been dating and we've been getting on great and 
like that's really fine like that's cool but i'm also very aware that like you can't i can't be so attached to that because again you know in five years that 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 relationship might not be there you just don't you just don't know so it's like and we carry all of these attachments and expectations with us which ultimately set us up for feelings of disappointment because we're trying to seek the pleasure in them to make our, ourselves feel whole but if you already approach the situation from a wholesome point of view i am already complete i am already enough i am already whole your the way you show up in that space changes you know Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that will probably be for the better when it comes to relationships, because you're able to communicate that with, with friends or potential partners or family or whatever, colleagues, that you're able to communicate that and you know that no matter the approach that you're taking for yourself, you're still going to be whole when you step away from that, if you have to step away from that at some stage, whereas you're also going to be whole whilst you're in that relationship. And that's, that, I think that's the, the, the key, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that shift in perspective where what's good for me is good for everyone else. Mm. Everyone. If, if exactly. they're, they're my friend, if they love me, then what I do for myself is what they want. Surely. Exactly. Exactly. If they really are that good a friend, you know, and, mm. and if they, if they, if they challenge that, then maybe you, yeah. you, you need to ask yourself questions as like, actually, is this, is this the kind of person that I want in my future? Like there's a, there's a quote that I shared on Instagram the other day of like, stop um stop spending time with people who fit your past and start spending time with people who fit your future Mm -hmm. yeah ask yourself do you you really want to have that person in your life they're on their own path it's clearly different to mine yeah that's cool um and i think framing it like that is, is is so important i think we do get attached i think the main thing there is attachment to to a previous me to a previous relationship that we had so much fun like, you know, teenagers, college, university, I had so many, mm. f- so many friendships that were like genuine then and had so much experience with that person in a different space to where I am now. If I was yeah. like not living in the moment with what I am experiencing now and constantly like attached to, to mm. that then and like meeting up with this person just because we had this amazing time together exactly it's not real and and it doesn't mean you can't be grateful for that like two of my best mates closest like longest mates like we're like brothers like we did everything together throughout school like our early 20s we did everything together like we don't hang out as much we don't chat as much but when we meet up it's just like straight love because we're appreciative of each other like you know but it just means that you know our time shared isn't as much as it used to be but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing it just means that the three of us are on our own paths and when we do come together we can be grateful of of all the love and and things that we've shared and appreciate you know where each of us are on our journeys and inevitably that then brings you closer again because sometimes the distance between you and a person makes you realize either how much peace they bring you or how much pain they bring you Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um and ultimately freedom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about freedom. <laughs> Cause I love that analogy of the blue sky and you, and you can be, you can attribute it to, to many things, but could you, could you delve into that a little bit? The freedom, yes. what does freedom mean to you? So freedom, like for me, freedom is an experience of life. It's an experience of the way that you live. Again, we look at like, okay, when I, when I, you know, if I spend 15 years 
like working in this career and I earn X amount of money, then I can like have money put aside and I can have my pension and this and that and the other. And then I can live freely in life. Well, yeah, you probably can, but you can also live freely within life now because it's, it's an approach to the way you live. You can, you can choose or approach every day with a sense of freedom because you have an infinite amount of possibilities and an infinite amount of choice and an infinite amount of opportunities every day. But if you want to just be in that tunnel vision and just look at what you know and, and, and how your life is and how it's going to stay, then you're not going to be able to experience that. So, you know, the, the good way to look at it is like that freedom is always a part of us. It's our kind of natural state of being in a way we we're born to be to live freely you know you look at the way a child operates like the way their brain works the way their bodies work everything's totally free they've got freedom of movement they can squat down lovely they're, they've got full range of motion of all their limbs and their body they, their mind has no filter they say what they feel they feel what they say you know they they act in any given moment to how they're feeling that's the freedom because you have no attachment to anything. And it's only once we start to develop the inner voice in our heads, the thinking mind and, and start to understand the way that that society set up that, that we start to lose that slowly, slowly, slowly. So the blue sky analogy is that that freedom is always there for us. That freedom is always there. It's the blue sky. Some days, you know, the clouds are there. Some days it rains, some days it's sunny, but even now like I'm looking out the window, it's a cloudy day, but what's behind the clouds is this blue sky, which is the freedom. Like that doesn't go anywhere. It's just dependent on whether you're willing to live looking at the clouds or live looking known that the blue sky is behind it, even though it's a cloudy day. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said the other day, I hope it's sunny on your birthday. And I'm like, it's always sunny. There's just clouds there. You do know that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's exactly it. It's always sunny and the blue sky is always there. And that's, yeah. that's it. Like when you look at it like that, and it's the same with like happiness and, and living with clarity. It's like, they're not, they're like almost natural states of living for us. Like they're always present in our lives. It's just whether we're allowing the clouds to, to, to block our view or block our sense of connection to that. Yeah. Yeah. We are innately to quote Mr. Tony Riddle. We are innately part empowered wild connected human beings right we're, we're born exactly. into that and and then conditioning and environments play their part in in um in bringing the clouds in mm. Mm. and that's it and that's that's all understanding what freedom is is like that it's there and it's it's a it's a way to experience your life so it isn't something you should be striving to live it's something you should you know live freely within Mm-hmm. and you talk a lot about meditation um mm. that's obviously been a big way to recondition reprogram reset your mind in uh in not getting lost in thought and just observing right yeah exactly that's it and it's like again like the biggest misconception of meditation is that you sit with a silent brain and no thought which isn't the case at all it's impossible for you to have no thinking going on at any given time because your thoughts are always there. Your thoughts are always generating. Like even when you're fully present in 
you know, something like playing football, you might not have all of these worries of like your life or um, how much you're earning or the bills you've got to pay or, you know, what you, you know, whatever it may be or your past or whatever, you're fully in tune with the game that's going on around you. You've still got thought because the thought applies to the moment. So when you meditate, you don't sit there silently with no thinking. You actually sit there and just allow your, your, your thoughts to come and go. You allow your mind the space to process your thinking without any judgment on those thoughts. So when your mind is particularly active, the one thing you probably need to do is meditate. <laughs> you shouldn't, you don't meditate to, to stay Zen or calm or do it when you're feeling calm. You do it to give your mind the space. And that's, that's the, one of the biggest benefits I found from it is, is, or still do find from it is like the space that meditation allows you to, to tap into, which again is our innate sense of space. That is, that is part of us, which is within us, which is the space that our brains are meant to operate in. But we have all of this other thinking and thought and feelings going on that we get caught up in the attachments that we have to those thoughts and those feelings. We don't actually allow ourselves the time to process what on earth is going on. And then we have more thinking because we're trying, we're trying to process it ourselves, which is adding more thinking to the equation. But when you slow everything right down and you just sit and you're present and you're focused on the breath or whatever the center of your meditation is, the brain quietly does its job in the back. And if you bring a sense of freshness and no judgment to the thinking, your brain quietly gets on with its job. And that's where you create the space for yourself to 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 experience you know all the things we've been talking about like gratitude and freedom and love and compassion and you know etc 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 yeah absolutely and when you awaken to that because it is like an awakening when you when you realize it and that's why they call it an awakening mm. because you're it's not something you're attaining oh now i've got it it's not a piece of knowledge that you've intellectualized you you've thought actually that I've, I've awakened to the, the state that is natural. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like the way I look at it is like, there's a whole dynamic at play. It's not like do this one thing, do this one thing, do this one thing. It's like all of these things operate together, like having no attachment, living, you know, with a sense of freedom, the clarity, the being present, the gratitude, the love and compassion, the love that you show yourself, the way you show up in relationships, all of these things work as one big moving part, you know, much like our bodies do. It's not, it's like, if I move my arm, it isn't just my arm that moves. It's like all the muscles in my neck and my back connect. My glute probably tightens up a little bit. Like it's all connected. I probably even slightly shift my balance one way, which means my ears are doing their job in terms of like keeping my balance. Like it all works in check with each other. The same way your eyes, trading out with your eyes closed. It's very it's, different. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like it all works together. It might not always be so obvious, but it does. So when you when you start to to deepen your understanding of all of those moving parts and all of those elements, you then get a clearer picture of what is happening in your life and how you're showing up. And that's where that sense of clarity comes from by deepening that understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, it is now and it always has been, but more so the future of this planet and how technology is just exponentially growing and, you, and it's kind of its own organism in itself. 
I mean, do you think a lot about the future and how, what I'm kind of alluding to is that meditation and stillness is going to be something we like pay for, like, or something mm. that to get, to, I mean, we do that anyway, we go on holidays to experience just moments of bliss. We just don't integrate it very well. But it's, I think in the future, meditation and the art of stillness. Uh, have you read the book Art of Stillness by Pico Aya? No, I haven't. It's on my, it's on my reading list. Yeah, man, you'd love it. It's, it's, it's very good. It's quite small as well. It's easy, it's an easy read. Um, he talks about this actual uh, analogy about, I think it's really about happiness. It's like, it's, if, you, if you lose your keys in the house, why are you on the street looking for them? Mm. So don't go looking on the street for happiness. You've lost your keys. Find them in the place there in this house. Mm. You know? Yeah. Look for yeah, it inside yourself. Because yeah. you own it. It's, it comes from you. It doesn't come from other things. Yeah. 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 And that's it. And I think, you know, the, the point there of the stillness, I think when you, when you truly understand what stillness is, and the space that is created within yourself with that approach of stillness changes everything. Because when you, when you slow down and you become more still, you're not, you don't have those, those stresses of future. And yes, like I said, it's good to have the goals. It's good. You know, you don't, you don't get to a point where you've released, you know, for me, 170 plus episodes of a podcast, mm -hmm without having some sort of plan or some sort of, you know, process or it didn't just happen. Like you still have to have processes around it and, and, and produce it and all of that stuff. But you can only do one thing at a time and, you know, relaying it back to the 1% was like, what are the 1% that you can do now? And that's, that's why they're the focus is because you break down this big complexity of life, this big complexity of the world that we live in and, you know, that like you're mentioning technology and travel and work and blah, 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 like all of this stuff that like you break it down into its simplest form, which is like, what's the 1% that's right in front of me right, right now? You know, like bringing your attention to that. For sure. Do you have a physical practice other than skateboarding? And we can talk about that and your journey through on the board. Yeah, you, man. What's your kind of physical, do you have a physical practice of any sort? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of exercise. Like, um, obviously before gyms closed, I was, I was in the gym like three, four days a week. Um, I do a lot of stretching, a lot of, um, I've got my own sort of morning flow that I do, um, on the days where I don't work out mm -hmm. or I'll do yoga. Um, obviously skateboarding is a more recent one for me. Um, it's just good fun. It's just great for me because similar to when I was in the gym, you don't really focus on anything other than like, you can't be too focused on anything else other than being on a skateboard. Cause if you lean slightly <laughs> wrong, like one way you put your balance in the wrong position, you're going to fall off. So you have to be totally connected and present with your board, your feet on the board. And I find it really helps just clear, clear my mind. And I think sometimes we need those moments or those practices of where we, we are the most present in order to almost experience that thing I was talking about with meditation to allow your brain to process. I always used to rave about like going to the gym, like when I was, um, before, before, well, the back end of last year, before I went traveling and I was going to the gym at like 7am, like you'd be in the gym and it's like podcast in my ears, 
focusing on my bench press. And that's the only two things that I'm focusing on in that moment. And what happens behind that is that my brain ticks over. And I often had like my best ideas while I was working out, but then nowhere to write them down. So I just had to be with them and okay, cool. That's gone. If it comes back to me later, then maybe it's something I should action. It's like, you, you need to create that space for yourself and that time. You can't always be like on, 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 on. You need to have those slow moments. And if you can do that in a physical way as well, you're benefiting your, you know, your shit. Well, A, you're shifting your focus to your body rather than it being totally like mind centric. You're, you're, you're shifting your focus to your body, which then allows your mind to be a bit more uh, free in its own thinking just to create that space and that processing that it needs to do in order for you to then be able to show up, you know, in another space in a better way. So again, it's all one, it's all one moving part, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing you said about your ideas and them coming up in those moments, especially when you're meditating, like for me, it's about getting into stillness, which you talk about a lot in the book and how to create more ways of that, how to cultivate it. But in meditation, I'm, I'm still, and the best ideas are coming up and I'm like all these to do's I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you, you have to trust, you have to trust in the process. Like they're mm. here because I'm here doing this intentionally. Mm. So this is, this isn't, they're coming up because of this. I don't yeah. need to distract you, myself. Yeah, that's it. And I think like, I've, I've, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, do you know what? Maybe, maybe I should, I, I should, I've got like various notepads. So I've got like one notepad, which is just like general to-do list, like writing notes. And um, when I listen back to, to interviews and stuff, I got another notepad, which is like more for my coaching um, and another notepad, which is more for like, um, I wouldn't quite call it journaling, but just like general, like maybe goal setting or whatever. And I was thinking maybe I should buy like a mini notepad and just keep it on me all the time. So when I do have these, these moments and these thoughts and these ideas, I quickly jot them down rather than um, noting them on my phone or whatever, just like quickly jot them in a notepad or create some sort of like, um, system like there was a there's an interview i was listening to with um oh what's his name um i can't remember his name now the american podcast or the Torre show i can't remember his his full name is not coming to me and he was saying that he's got like two notepads one is like his to-do list and then another one is like actionable stuff that might be like pick up the shopping on the way you know pick up the 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 whatever on the way home do that you know like stuff that you, you you can action but don't necessarily need to be part of a bigger approach to your your business or whatever it is and um, which i thought was quite interesting yeah absolutely um i'm gonna flip it on its head in the the last bit of your book you asked three questions yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you them <laughs> go on so what's your biggest challenge right now biggest challenge right now is balance okay. balance on the skateboard <laughs> yeah well that yeah for sure <laughs> for sure always that one but um balance in the sense of like balancing coaching podcasting book release being a son being a you know a friend being a um potential partner for someone do you know what i mean there's like it's finding the balance and all of this stuff, but also having the space and the time for myself. And I, I'm very much, as I was saying before, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be at level 10 every day, which is, is very harmful. And I know it is. And I think 
trying to recognize that and understanding that brings balance because you can't always be at level 10. If you, if you, if you drove around every day with your car in third gear and pedal to the metal, you're going to burn out your car. Sometimes you have to cruise in, in, in third gear or put it into second and just cruise yeah. a little bit more. Or do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just not, it's not a, a healthy approach. And I think yeah. that for me, it's like, I've, I'm, I take on a lot of stuff myself. Like I do everything myself. Like I'm, you know, I work for myself coaching the podcast. I, I do everything myself apart from the editing of the audio and now the editing of the video because I've passed that on. But everything else, like searching for the guests, researching the guests, setting up the times and the dates. Um, it's all, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into it, promoting it, this, the, that, the other. And that's just, that's just one area. That's just the podcast. Then there's the coaching. It's like, you still have to connect with people. You still have to, you know, build relationships with potential clients. You know, there's all of this stuff. Then you add the book into that and it's like the whole process of like writing it, editing it, getting it published, like or self-published, printed, you know, promoting it, putting it on, you know, even just getting it onto Amazon is like a whole faff in itself. You know, like all of these things, it's just like, it's more stuff that you're adding, 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 adding. And when you're trying to approach all of that stuff at level 10, you're pretty much not going to get any of it done because at some point you're going to, you're going to crash and burn. Yeah. I think it's so important to realize that I was just thinking of the analogy of my Nutribullet. I don't put it on level. It's not, not got a level, but you know, when it's been on for a while and then you just take it off for a sec and I don't want to burn it out. Mm. So it's, it's like, why do we not take that and, and apply it to our own lives? It's super interesting when you, when you frame it like that. I, I mm. often think What's about this? nature, what's going on in nature. Is it, is it level 10 all the time? Is the sea level 10 all the time? For sure, it's mm. not. Today, it's so still. It's incredible. Mm. Mm. And, and that's it. That's it. Like looking and referring to nature is always the best. Always the best because we forget we're part of it. We are nature. Mm-hmm. We're as much nature as the trees, as the sea as the bees as the birds as the the fish like we're as much part of that as anything else and we forget that because we're trying to be level 10 all the time yeah um someone's on the first podcast my my friend johnny he talked about we were talking about mentors and the hero's journey and i'm like is it really important to have a mentor i always thought god i'd love a mentor someone to hold my hand and then he said well nature could be your biggest mentor Mm. and that frame just was like wow yeah get into nature and you find some answers for sure 100 percent. and i think that's for me where i found the biggest connection going traveling at the beginning of this year when i was away for two months january and february in south america and i think the biggest realization i made was how much i connected to nature and how how this and this is where a lot of my more recent um realizations and understanding of stillness came from was like being stood in like this one scene in particular which was like this 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 like top of a mountain river like kind of small river flowing through this, this set of trees rocks either side and just standing there and being like wow <laughs> like honestly like wow like this is just here and this is just riding at its course every day no matter if bill down the road is working his nuts off to try and earn 10 grand in a month whether this person is like you know doing their nothing trying to go shopping like this is still here just just flowing and the sense of stillness that i got just from that scene 
like it was it was it was almost like a wave of emotion that hit me and it was like you just sort of stood there and you're like you just stop you just stop you literally just stop and you just look around and you think how do i get this sense into my life yeah amazing i live near the sea and the the, the vastness of it is both it's overwhelming in, in two senses of the word because it's 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 bigger than me and it's like all my things that i'm thinking about my issues my obstacles my problems like this is so much bigger than that mm. like it it doesn't care about that and it almost takes it away from me because i feel like looking at such vast landscapes and and looking at that's why getting on up and up high is amazing because you just realize the expansiveness of so much happening and it takes your it takes your issues away it really does mm, and that's it and i think that connection there and you know like you said using nature as your mentor is even even looking at the seasons man you look at the seasons like yeah you know the seasons that trees go through for example like they they lose their leaves they die they die and then they blossom again and then they they fully flower and then you know autumn comes back around then they start to decay and wilt away again and then they die again and then they you know it's just the process that they go through and it's like it's beautiful when you actually think about it it's beautiful like what is more beautiful than seeing the autumn leaves going down going down a street lined with trees mid-autumn in the height of autumn and just seeing the golds the greens the browns on the floor on the trees it's a beautiful scene but really and truly all that's around you and surrounding you is decay and death <laughs> but it's beautiful because you know that it's a transition and that those leaves will fall and then come march april they'll start to to, to blossom again and you know that you have that sense of knowing that that's going to happen. So you can appreciate the transition, which is autumn. You yeah. can appreciate that season of autumn because you know that the spring and the summer are going to come again. And I think in life, we don't appreciate our transitions as much as we should, because we're worried that we're going to be there permanently. And we never are. We never are. It's a season. Yeah. We are contextual beings, aren't we? Mm. So when things are in context, it can feel be experienced so differently yeah like if you really yeah. thought all the trees were dying it would be a complete and utter disaster if you if you yeah. that's a, it's, it's yeah. a beautiful analogy to see it like that because yeah. in context in context of everything it's a beautiful thing that's happening yeah it is because it's 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 although it's decay and although it's death it's growth at the same time yeah it's life at the same the death, time death of one thing is the birth of another right Exactly. And it's like we forget the relationship between the two. You know, it's like the, the relationship between um, suffering and pleasure and or, you know, love and hate or good and bad, negative, positive. Like they all exist in the same space as each other. Like they have to. Like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have an autumn if you didn't have a spring. You can't have a summer if you don't have a winter. You know, and in the UK, we pretty much have one season all year round. And it's, a, you know, you know, jokingly, but it's like if you if you did have one season continuously like a day like today that was just sort of fine sort of okay cloudy not hot not cold not windy just okay 
you wouldn't know what winter and, and summer are because they're opposites they exist together so if you if you if you can experience a summer you know what a winter is and vice versa if you experience winter you know what summer is mm-hmm. like that's how it works you know it's the yin and the yang yeah and they never exist in the same space really you know it's making room for the next transition and you could attribute it to relationships you need space you need to let go to make room yeah exactly and it's like there, there's in every negative situation in your life there's a positive in there like it's in there because you know again looking at the yin and the yang you've got the black and the black side the white side but then you've got the black within the white and the white within the black which is the negative in the positive and the positive in the negative so they they are there you just have to know how to shift your perspective to appreciate them mm-hmm. amazing so good so many gems uh, <laughs> what would you like to create in the next 12 months <laughs> oh man flipping my own questions i love it um <laughs> 12 months so for me man like it's about the main things are coaching to be honest like i want to i want to use this time i've got now to really focus in on 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 my coaching from a kind of external point of view in terms of like building up consistent income um and get to a level where i can live back at my flat because i'm i've got a flat that i own that i've rented out because i went traveling but was going to move back into when uh no i wasn't going to move back in i rented out because i was going to be traveling throughout this year but i want to get to a space where i can live in it without having to have a flatmate and have to rent out the second room and just i can i can pay the mortgage myself so i want to get to a, a financial position where that's a possibility for me so that's externally internally just more more of just the knowing just being with the process and you know, as much as, you know, it sounds like I've got it all figured out. Like I have many days where I'm trying to battle with the idea of like wanting more or, or not being appreciative of, of, of where, I, where I'm at or what I've done. Or, you know, people always saying to me, Oh yeah, man, you're smashing it. Like you're doing amazing things. And some days I'm like, it doesn't feel like I am because you, you're so focused on like what's next on, on, on trying to achieve more that you can't appreciate it in terms of like what what you're living and what you're experiencing and i think one thing that's really been apparent to me during lockdown is the being and just just approaching every day with that sense of of being in that day and i think for me to be able to create that over a long term period is is everything and you know it's this there's all the work i'm trying to do with myself and with 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 coaching clients and through the podcast and, you know, through the book is trying to help people along that journey or at least get to a point where they understand that journey for themselves. And I think, yeah, this, by this time next year, if I can, if I can look back and be proud of all of that and and where I'm at and who I am and how I've showed up and everything, then in theory, I'd, I'd look back and be very satisfied with that. Mm But in reality, again, if I if I stand here now and I look back on a year ago, I'd be extremely happy with what I'm doing. But like I said, there's days where I just don't feel that because you can't you mm-hmm. can't fully appreciate it if you're not fully present with it. Yeah, and I think having that relationship with, although it's amazing when people say you're you're doing well, like you're smashing it, 
but really I know deep down that what you say doesn't, I don't define myself by that. So I appreciate it, but it doesn't really matter to me. What happened, what matters to me is how I feel. Mm. That's it. And it's it. And, and you know, unfortunately we live in a, in a world in a, in a life where everything is too quantifiable. You know, you, you quantify your, your, your success by your, your income you quantify your popularity by the amount of likes you get on Instagram. You quantify your, you know, for me, the success of the podcast by the amount of listeners. I can't, you know what I mean? You, yeah. Yeah. I think it's called a monophasic culture. I heard yeah. it the other day, is it? Um, I think it was uh, Jamie Wheel. Have you heard of Jamie Wheel? No. He, he wrote Stealing Fire and he's like conscious states and altered states and flow states and all that. But he was talking about this. We were, we were a monophasic culture. We, in the Western world specifically, it's all science, science methods, and and that what we can measure, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and the funny thing is, if you look at like the juxtaposition between like physicists and Eastern mystics, like the the physicists are trying to explain the unexplained by breaking down, you know the way atoms work and photons and like all of this crazy shit that we can't see, but is there, they're trying to, to quantify it and explain it and give some sort of understanding to it. But then on the other hand, you've got the Eastern mystics who just feel it and they be it and they trust in it yeah. and they don't need the explanation. And I think that's, that's the perfect balance between the West where Western society and that more kind of Eastern approach, it's like, it, it's, it's less quantifiable. It's less like, do you really need to understand? Do you really need to analyze? Do you really need to see um, an increase in um, a quantifiable success? Or can you just be all of those things? Can you be success? Can you be happy? Can you be understanding? Can you be knowing? Can you be trusting? Of course you can. We just don't allow ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'd love to end it there pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the last question though. What is the biggest learning from writing the book? So you said well, reading the book, but I want to ask writing the book. Writing the book, man. Well, I think, I think really. Because you've given that, birth. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's that. You know, um, giving birth is tough. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest learning through writing the book, I think the whole book is a learning, man, because like I said, it's, it was all written at, at certain points in my life. Like there's, there's, there's articles and, and writings and pieces in there that were written two years ago. And reading through some of those, I think I really did, you know, particularly when I was reading through it in its, in its, in its, uh, like finished state like I read it over multiple times to try and find typos and stuff which I still managed to leave a couple of in, in there somehow um, which again I just I didn't recognize them <laughs> I, can, I can tell you the pages they want if you want <laughs> <laughs> there's two there's two um, but when I was reading it it's like you you I did have a moment of like like wow like I have come so far like seven years ago when I was depressed, if you told me where I would be, what I'm doing, the state I'm at within my own mind, within my own sense of self, my own sense of knowing, I probably wouldn't have believed it, to be honest. I probably wouldn't have thought 
even maybe three years ago to, to bring it closer. I don't think I would have believed it. I would have liked it. Yeah, I'd have been like, yeah, cool. That sounds wicked. Like, where do I sign up? But I don't think I would have believed it's possible. And I think that's the thing I learned through through writing it is that it is possible. And I think even the fact that the book exists <laughs> is testament to that. Like, it's possible. Like, yeah, you can, like, I've I've put it out myself. Like I might only sell a handful of copies and I'd be over the moon with that. I would be over the moon with that. You know, I might go on somehow to sell tens of thousands of copies, which would also be amazing. But I think going through the process of it is the real amazing part. It's the journey of it, which is the amazing part. And I think the book really was a nice reminder of the journey being the success and not the destination of it. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing, mate. I feel like I could talk for you for a long time. But... Yeah, man. I don't even know how long it's been. It feels like it's been like <laughs> half an hour or something. Timeless. Flow states. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, mate. Well, thank you very much for making yeah. this happen, mate. It's awesome. My pleasure. You're a powerful chap, and I think it's a great journey you're on. And and how you're how you're truthfully telling your own story and and tales and and how you're putting it out there as well i think you're not you're not overthinking it and it's coming out in such a truthful way yeah i think respect for that mate it's uh it's good keep on doing what you're doing thank you thank you i appreciate it because you know like i said sometimes you do get caught up in the oh i could have been doing this better or you look at other people's content and you think like oh it's so much more like put put together and it's more like it's more like complete and in inverted brackets, but I know in commissary, but then I'm like, no, like I'm speaking my truth. I'm doing it my way. That's, you know, again, it's not about the big picture of like what that represents. It's about if one person takes value from that, then that one bit of video, that one podcast, that one piece of writing, it's done its job. Like, you know, cool. Don't get me wrong. If like millions of people were to, to take value from it that would also be amazing but it's not about that it's about the one it's about the one percent it's about it's about the one percent like if you put like putting that one percent out there for someone else to take on as their one percent it might inspire another one percent somewhere else down the line for someone else and to me that's more impactful in in ways mm-hmm. yeah for me it's the truth and the fruit that's a frequency that other people pick up on and more truthful people who are seeking that truth and therefore you will attract them. And that's where you want to be. You don't want to be in a room full of people trying to be someone or, or, or seen as powerful people. You want to be in a room full of people like you, right? Exactly, man. It's like, you know, look, you look at Tony Robbins. It's like he, you know, he, he coaches and works with, you know, tens of thousands of people, maybe even a hundred thousand people a year or whatever which is amazing. Like if you can do that, great, like fantastic. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for me, like if I can impact a handful of people, like that's still huge. Like, and again, it's about appreciating that. It's that's huge. That's, that could be six people's lives, six whole people. That is amazing. And that's, that's, that's the, the, the impact, you know, that the smaller impacts where they make such a big difference in the, in the, in the wider scheme of the world, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, change comes from because it allows other people who don't see themselves as a Tony Robbins don't see that as the benchmark see that oh, that's never attainable people like yourself it's it's almost so relatable that 
that's how you change things. That's how you change the world. Exactly. Exactly. So keep on doing what you're doing, mate. Awesome. Thank you, man. listening awesome people hope you enjoyed hope you got some value from that and as always share and share again subscribe on youtube and yeah hope you are well shoot me a message if uh, any part of this podcast really resonated with you um, or you have any questions just just hit me up and uh, share it with people share it with your friends and Hopefully it could uh, be of service in some way. Uh, I'd like to end on the Oprah Winfrey question, not question, the Oprah Winfrey quote, which uh, I think we butchered a little bit. But it goes like this. Be thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never have enough.